Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 394 of the Mail Right Podcast. This particular episode, we're going to focus on how to build your personal online brand in 2023. So, John, um, John is uh, really, he is the uh, founder of three different podcasts. He's got his own technology company. As a matter of fact, he's got two of them. Um, He's located in Reno, and he is also the person that does most of the management on this particular show. For instance, he picked the topic today. So, John, if somebody wanted to do a little bit of research on you, like they, they listen to the show, how would you want to direct them? Well, I'll just, you know, either go to my LinkedIn profile, put in Jonathan Denwood, and I'll come up, or go to the mail-right.com website and have a look what we've got to offer and book a demo. Gotcha. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, your fearless host, my name is Robert Newman. I am uh, an SEO expert that's been focused on real estate marketing for over 14 years, and I have a lot of claims to fame, but I've worked with a lot of the top agents in California and many other parts of the country. So without any other further ado, we're going to talk a little bit about how both starting mid-range agents might build their online brand. If you haven't built your online brand and you've been in the business for 20 years, well, I suppose this would be for you too. But uh, we're hoping that after 20 years of being a real estate agent, you've already done that. All right. So John, number one, Define your unique value add. So, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? What did what do you what did you mean when you put this down here? Well, I think I think over the past year, uh, it's amazing that we're halfway through twenty twenty three, isn't it, Rob? It's yeah, quite, it's quite disturbing. I find it quite disturbing. I don't even know where this year's gone. Um, but um, we've discussed it quite a bit, haven't we? That you know, if you if you want to make progress in this industry as a real estate agent, you really need to find a niche in your market um, because it, it's going to be a lot easier for you. It's counterintuitive to some extent, and I'm not suggesting that you should do that at the begin at the beginning, but I think um, as you progress, the quicker you can find a niche by a specific area, a specific type of property, a specific type of client, the quicker that you can do that, um, I think the better you're going to do in the industry. And then if you do that, it becomes really much easier to um, pinpoint and be able to express to your niche the value that you can offer to them. Does that make sense, Robert? It makes a ton of sense. It makes a ton of sense. So what makes you different can be uh, not only what kind of property and everything else that you that you focus on. It can also be ways that you market yourself. Uh, I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I have a client who does incredibly well, basically dropping postcard to two target markets uh, that focus on local artists. So she finds some artists, she finds their artwork, and then she turns it into postcards. And she sends that with a normal real estate message, uh, like twice a year, once during Christmas, and once in the middle of the year. And I don't remember what the reason is, but it might very well be July 4th, might be Independence Day and Christmas. And so those two sets of postcards get mailed, and they're more like a keep in touch. And she's been doing it for 20 years, 
it drives 80% of her business is this just this one strategy. Uh, so the unique selling proposition is really just a very unusual way to approach the market in terms of marketing to it. And she only has two separate areas that she focuses on. We might call them cities, but I honestly don't think that either one of them is really big enough to be called what most, it's 10,000 homes in total. That's what she focuses on. So um, you, whatever it is that you're going to do, one of the things that I'm going to recommend is a good way to identify what might be a unique value proposition that you like. These days, YouTube can be used for research. We talk about, John and I talk about it, using it for marketing ad nauseum. Um, but, but another way to use YouTube that has nothing to do with the whether or not you actually make a video is going out and looking at just pick five or 10 cities that interest you and then go out and, and do searches like uh, neighborhood names inside that city or city names. And these days, real estate agents have gotten good enough that, that they will be posting videos in each one of those cities. Uh, most realtors that have a USP are going to mention it in a lot, if not all of their videos. So you can actually see realtors talking in real time about how they define themselves inside the market. Follower count can be uh, an easily trackable metric for how successful that particular realtor is. So you take somebody that is relatively successful and then you decide whether or not their USP is something like that has merit to you. In other words, when it comes to marketing, you and I, John, we, don't, we haven't talked a lot about one of the crucial key components of marketing, which is do your research. That's how I always start my marketing efforts. It's always research first. Let's do our research and figure out what everybody else is doing so that we can then figure out what we're going to do. Um, another thing that John has on his list is what specialized knowledge or skills do you possess? A very easy, easy, easy way to identify this is uh, we all had clubs or interests in high school. Mine are wildly universally unapplicable to real estate. I was, I was deep into D&D and fantasy. That doesn't help me much in my real estate career. Did, however, give me a firm uh, basis of doing a lot of learning. There's a huge amount of learning in playing these fantasy-based games. And it gave me a reason to exercise knowledge and research. So that's the only comparable note. But if you have a military background, which interestingly enough, my co-host does, if you have a like a sports background, which again, interestingly enough, my co-host does. These are all things that you could leverage in order to create uh, an inter interesting USP. Um, do you agree with all of that, John? Yeah, I was actually thinking um, there's a thing, I've got a booklet here. There's um, in July, there's an art festival called Art Town, and it runs in July. And in August, um, they also have a hot August nights in Reno. But they, in July, they have this art town. It's been going for about 20 years. It's a non-profit. And they do a load of concerts. And if I was a real estate agent, because the Reno market is really driven by people coming from California to this part of of Northern Nevada. Mm -hmm. And I, I might be wrong here. I was looking who sponsors this. And a lot of times sponsorship can, unless you're committed to the actual call, calls emotionally, 
um, and you can put the donation or the sponsorship against your taxation. It's normally not that effective, but I would, if I was a real estate agent, I would volunteer my time for this organisation and I would sponsor it mm-hmm. um, because it attracts a load of people out of the state um, and you can utilise it to some extent in marketing yourself to people that would be interested in the kind of art and culture side of it that would go to this festival. Is that making sense, Rob? Yeah. And more and more as time is going on, we I, I mean, I've heard people talking about this strategy for almost 15, 20 years. 15 since I've been in real estate for sure. But more and more when you start to say, how are you going to separate yourself as a real estate agent, especially if you're leveraging digital, like you're, you're online, you're on social media platforms, being uh, an ambassador to the brand, being ambassador to local businesses, being an ambassador in the area, that is becoming a better and better and more definitive way to separate yourself from your competitors. And it's having more and more value as search continues to get commoditized, as you and I and everybody else like Right now, it's you enter a couple searches in, you get all the information about real estate. Well, we're headed in the direction where you're going to speak to your phone. Your phone's going to give you everything that you ever need to know about real estate. What was the price ascension over the last 10 years? How many homes have sold in a neighborhood? So with all of that information becoming more and more commoditized through behavioral marketing, better known as AI, and other things like that, how do you continue to separate yourself? More and more, it's going to lean in the direction of lifestyle. Your opinion about where the places are that you should visit, could visit, who would visit them. People with kids are going to go someplace different than people without. Like I might be interested in going to music venues and and art museums, whereas somebody that has children might be interested in going to parks and piers and beaches. And so being able to define that very clearly to people who are who are researching you as a realtor is going to add a lot of value to then turning around and saying, okay, and by the way, these are the homes that we can talk about. Let's move on to number two here that you have on the list, which is craft your visual brand identity. And there's three categories that John has listed here, logos and visuals, professional brand photography, and consistent branding. So I I have a lot to say about professional brand photography, but why don't you talk about logo and visuals? Kick us off. Well, you know, you would have thought, I think it is important. It won't it won't lead to a direct lead, but it will, I think it directly affects, if you get people to the website, how you, the conversion rate that you get. Um, and I'm really surprised that we have to spell this out in 2023. But when you go to a lot of websites and you see a lot, and I don't want to come across self-serving or a bit snobbish, but I am amazed um, at the general poor quality or, or investment in a lot of agents' websites. And a lot of it is down... Um, to poor logo choices, bad initial photography, and very inconsistent branding. Okay. 
And if you were going to uh, give some suggestions about logos, how would you how would you suggest that people go about actually getting a logo, like purchasing a logo, coming up with the logo idea, that kind of thing? Well, I think <clears throat> I think it's really important to go and have a look at a lot of websites and just take screenshots of logos you like, um, and then use. Um, somewhere to store them. Um, you could use Pinterest for that. You can have a private board or there's, there's other online free platforms that allow you to upload images and write a little comment, a little sentence while you like it. And then go, when you've collected quite a few of them, go and have a look and then try and rationalize why you like something. And then, um, you know, if, it depends on, it, I, I wouldn't suggest that you go bonkers on this and spend thousands of dollars when you're just starting out. There's plenty of reasonable costs, online services, um, 99 designs. There's, there's loads of platforms out there that can do you a, a reasonable design. But these lower-cost alternatives, one of the main difference between them and going and hiring somebody direct that can help you with this is that you're going to have to be the lead. You're going to have to explain what you're looking for because otherwise... Um, a design that you particularly like won't just appear out the ether. There's there's going to be a lot of frustration and time wasting otherwise. So the more you can visually show more and then try and explain. Based on my experience, Rob, people tend to be able very quickly to tell you what they don't like. I don't like that. But um, and to expect a non-graphic based individual to verbally explain is a bit hard but you should be able to take some screenshots and show a little library of what and a quick sentence of why you like a particular look is this making sense yes so most most designers ladies and gentlemen require a lot of input one of the most consistent and threadbare experiences i've had with real estate agents is the constant you're the designer you present something to me and I'll tell you if I like it or not. I don't know where or how or why that idea is populated throughout the real estate industry, but I, I have heard it thousands of times and I'm not over embellishing thousands. Like you design something and I'll tell you if I like it or not. And that's not the way the design world works. The design world works with, these are the influences that I like. These are the designers that I like. These are logos that I like. Please come up with something that is similar to these things. And I will, like a designer needs a lot of input to start something. A great place to go to get design references would be 99designs. There's plenty of other people, places that you could do it. Pixabay. There's almost all you'd have to do is Google uh, design idea services or design ideas uh, or logo design ideas, and you'll get a massive. And if you want to add 
like a couple of qualifiers. It would be realtor logo design ideas, and you will get massive amounts. You'll also get a huge <laughs> amount of hits in the Google library, image library. So between all those different things, you should be able to get a couple of influences on design styles and then hand them over to uh, a designer of some kind. Um, but we spent a lot of time on that. So let's talk a little real quickly about professional brand photography. So this is like one of those things where I think this is one of the only parts of the business, uh, John, that I haven't seen change in the last 15 to 20 years. How images are displayed have ch have changed. But good listing images have always been relevant in terms of selling a product, selling the, the house, always. The quality of the photos oftentimes leads directly to how many appointments do you get? Do you get calls? These days, just as important is <clears throat> use on your online listing details page. Can you track that back? The quality of your photos is going to end up being very indicative of the quality of your digital results. Would you agree? Totally. So I, I have a couple thoughts about this, but John, you're the one who created this, this incredibly cool outline. So why don't you go ahead and explain what you were thinking when you put this on here? Well, it's, it's not all or nothing. I'm not having a go at people that use their smartphone to take for photographs. I just think it depends on your budget and the type of property you're selling. It's just a bit of common sense here. Mm -hmm. Um I think there's, there are resources. We've had people on the podcast that you can sign up for courses. There's actual courses there aimed at real estate agents to take photography and video. Uh, I think there's a place to hire a professional. Um, but I also think you can do some of this yourself. But you need, you know, you need not really that expensive you've got a fantastic device in your pocket now but you do need to educate yourself about how to utilize that device in the best way so you might not have the budget for every property um i personally if i got the ball running and the business was starting to build up i would I would pay for professional photography on every property. But if I was getting started, I probably just wouldn't have the budget, but I would educate myself about how to utilise the device I've got to get the best photography I can until I'm in the position where I can hire a local. Um, and there's quite a few of them that do the photography, do the video, do the drone shots, Every every area, every city, every region has a, a small group of photographers that a lot of their business is in real estate. So that's my two pennies worth. Copy you. Um, for photography, uh, I'm going to say that uh, a little bit of time and energy spent with your cell phone and learning how to use it best is definitely the way that first year, second year, and maybe even third year real estate agents should be focusing. All part-timers should, should, should probably be focused on their phone. 
However, spending some time and learning how to take the best picture possible might take a person that has a very limited to no budget for marketing and, and basically give them some kind of leg up. If you're only doing a couple of transactions relying strictly on word of mouth and referrals, you're incredibly part-time, let's say you're a mother, then learning how to take a good picture with your phone might be one of your top learning opportunities. One of the things that you can do that's going to have the greatest impact on your burgeoning career. Okay. Um, so, and, and all the things that John and I talk about for the most part might be, might seem out of reach, including even spending $99 on a logo as an example. So what, what then would you do? You would only focus on things that cost you zero and that have to do with learning a skill set. Uh, photography, I have a hard time trying to imagine something that might impact your career better than photography and learning how to use social media. Like those, between those two things, followed shortly by video. But I'd start with understanding social media and then leveraging photography first, like on Instagram, because it plays deeply into your entire career, such as taking pictures of listings, driving around neighborhoods. Video would be the third thing, but that's more of a marketing strategy, a marketing and messaging, messaging strategy, in my opinion. Yeah, you think, you think it would be... I'm not having a go. I can listening to Rob and advice here. Um, it's still amazing the amount of bad photog really, really, really bad photography. They're just listening and just spending a bit of time on it, doing it yourself, but trying to do it the right way. You you'll probably be in the top twenty percent just by doing that, wouldn't you? I absolutely. Now, John, we're going to go to a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to finish off the last bullet point, which is going to be a very brief mention, talk about the, the advantages of consistent branding. Then we're going to talk about developing an online presence, which, which dives deep into the bailiwick that John and I have spoke, each of us have started businesses in, which is websites, uh, content marketing, social media, and online reviews, followed if we have time with networking relationship building. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number 394 of The Mailwright Show. John and I are very grateful for your time and your attention. We look forward to talking to you in a second. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need Mailrite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode number 394 of The Mailwright Show. John and I are coming back from break. We hope that you have uh, your cup of coffee, that you're driving into the office, that you're sitting around enjoying a little bit, a couple of tips and tricks about marketing. Now, this episode might be focused more towards the newer agents. So for those of you who are vets who have been following us for a long time, do John and I a favor and do yourself a favor as well. Do a good deed today and give, give the link to this show to the newer agents in the office so that we can provide top value, okay? So without any further ado, we were talking about consistent branding. So John, what do you mean by consistent branding? Well, you know, your tagline, your logo, um, the photography, um, having some templates, you can use Canva for that. So you, you get a consistent 
kind of branding message, you know, which is linked to having your niche, understanding which target audience you're aiming at. It's all kind of interlinked, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is interlinked. And for me, consistent branding is whatever you decide, like when you finally do decide what your USP is, your unique value add, I am a big proponent of saying that branding can and should be informational in today's era. And so what is that? What is consistent informational branding? Posting consistently about the things that you you feel passionate about or an expert in is certainly consistent branding in my opinion. YouTubers will tell you that you should be doing a video a day. I'm not sure about that, but certainly doing consistent videos inside the YouTube space is incredibly important. Okay? Um, all of those things are very like hit the consistent branding elements in my, in my opinion. Um, like, like posting regularly, posting about things that follow within your USP. I'm constantly talking about, uh, platforms. It's probably what I'm still best known for is my really deep, uh, reviews of platforms, and so I consistently update those reviews. I talk about platforms even when I don't want to because sometimes people hit me up with platforms I barely heard of or I don't think are very good. But I still review them because it's still good to keep my audience engaged with the stuff that they're interested in. All right. Can, so, I, say, can I say something really quick about this? Um, it's going to be slightly controversial. I know... If you're doing this yourself and you start getting busy, which is the whole purpose of listening to this podcast, that's what we want you to. Um, as soon as you get busy, you know, you, and you start saying, well, I can't do this because I'm too busy, too busy dealing with these contracts, dealing with these clients. Well, I'm sorry, that's the excuse. Um, you can hire people, you can hire a virtual assistant. I personally would always keep, I would keep the person that's doing marketing separate from a person that's doing the other duties because the same same problem will, will occur that the person that's supposed to do your social media and all the other stuff, they will get into a time problem. So I would separate them. And there just, there really isn't, it, 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 it's a bit of an excuse. You know, if you're running out of time yourself, is that just telling you it's time to get other people to help you? I, uh, I, I don't disagree. All right. So number four, networking. Oh, wait, sorry. Number three, develop an online presence. Um, website, content marketing, social media, online reviews. So... You go first, because I'm going to do a controversial thing myself in this category. Well, you know, we're we're both in our different segments of the of the market. Um, I think the reason why we can continue working together because we're in slightly different areas. Um, in my opinion, um, there's a little bit of overlap, but there's definitely a big difference. Um, I'm even surprised that we have to say this because we've been hammering, you know, throughout this bloody podcast, we've been hammering away on these subjects, haven't we, consistently? Yeah. yeah. 
You know, yeah. if you, you, we shouldn't, if you're listening to this podcast on a consistent basis, folks, you should know what we're talking about because we've been hammering away at it, haven't we, Rob? Yep. So I'm going to just jump into this. Content marketing, social media, online reviews. So online reviews are critical. So I'm going to start with a non-controversial thing first. If you're not leveraging reviews, if you're not getting them on every single interaction or attempting to, if you're not responding to them in depth, if you're not like structuring or leading people to the kind of review that you want, then you're losing out on one of the best, easiest, most incredible marketing opportunities that you have. Full stop. Content marketing and social media is a big dive. It's, it's AI is helping out with a little bit, but unfortunately, all AI is doing is allowing everybody to rush to mediocre, mediocrity. So you're not going to really find there's going to be a couple of first movers who will make a lot of money using the AI. And then forever then after, everybody's going to be telling you that you can make a lot of money with AI and you're gonna, not going to be able to make that money yourself. All right. Number website. So... I have a controversial opinion about a website. Website is you. You have three different types of websites that you can that you can do. You can do a business card website that that you're really not going to work on or focus on all that much. That's supposed to do a limited amount of functionality, and you will probably not own that site. And you will probably have what is basically a fancy online business card. Some of the times you can get a really valuable tool to a very strong in-person sales process where you leverage that site a lot by sending people there when you're on a phone call with them, basically directing them how to use the site while you're guiding the experience with somebody who's got that kind of incredibly powerful personal sales presence, almost any website tool could be useful. There would be some that would be more than others. For the most part, though, the vast majority of real estate agents aren't going to find very much use in a website unless they really, really focus on it. So for the vast majority of agents, are websites as relevant as they once were? Well, you should still have one. But you could just as easily use a local profile or social profile and not lose a tremendous amount of credibility, in my opinion. Um, you're not going to be losing business like you would five years ago if you don't have a website. You can have a Facebook page. You could have any number of things. My recommendation, though, personally, is I don't care whether you have an Instagram page, whether you use Google My Business, if you're going to go the route of not having a website, then I'm going to say whatever route you do go, if you want it to be a valuable marketing tool, you need to actually focus on making some content, making a message on that, that thing, like the Google business profile with images that show what you're like at a minimum, what your inventory is. And at a maximum, the inventory, the lifestyle brand, just like John and I have been talking about, a couple of videos that explain what your messaging is. If you do all of that, then what you don't, you, you, you don't need to do it twice, theoretically. You could just do it on a, on a social profile. And there's a lot of business to be gotten off a hyperlocal profile for Google, at least. There's even some business to be gotten if you're spending a lot of money on Zillow and you and spending some time on your Zillow profile and again, just in my opinion, and you can once again askew a website. Now, having said all that, the people that are playing the long game 
inside the real estate business, the people who are really trying to do something incredible with their career, really trying to create a strong informational brand, at that point, you absolutely, my advice shifts, you must have a website. You must use that as a platform that you control and own, that you define what the message is, you spend all of your time and energy on it, you make sure, and that, which is why the ownership question is important. And you, you really go out of your way. It's going to be an omni-channel destination in today's world. That just means that you're going to have six other profiles in other places, but they all link back to your website, like Yelp, your real estate portals, all that. They all come back to the website where you're in control of the message that you spend a lot of time crafting. Okay, so that's my opinion. John, do you, do you have differentiations of opinion that you'd like to call out to the audience? Oh, I don't know what to say. I see where you're coming from. I, I, I think it depends on there's different stages and there's different stages of investment and time. And I, I wouldn't be happy. I as a, but I don't know how if this is based on biased and because I'm in the web website game, and I, you know, but I, I think I can divorce my opinion enough to keep it on target. Um, I, I, I just think you, you should have your own website and understand that different periods of your journey, you can then invest more time and energy into it. I don't know anything in business that provides any real result that you don't have to either have to spend a lot of sweat equity or spend a lot of money on it or do both to get any any real results out of it. I'm sorry, I just, I haven't found it. Everything I've had to do I've had to grind it out and just spend gobs of time and effort and made loads of mistakes, pick myself up, and then have another go at it. Same, same. Took me uh, two and a half years to get my blog really like moving in a positive direction. And even, even with all of that, I'm very much on the low end of the stack with like the informational blogs that exist inside the real estate space, the real estate marketing space. But I'm still really proud of our progress. And we keep chipping away at it. Like you and I talk about it's perseverance. And, you know, thankfully, a low result is still five or 10,000 people per month. And that's enough for the size of business that we are to keep us, you know, to keep us going. But it is mostly just persistence and dedication and just and still chipping away at what we think people need to know or need to learn or, you know, I, I have to agree with John. You're going to try a lot of different things before you figure out what resonates with your audience. And neither John nor we can give you 20 different ideas. We can even write a blog post, like a hundred great ideas to talk to your audience about. You're still going to have to go out and talk to your audience with at least the top 20 or 30 ideas to figure out what resonates with them the right way, what they respond to. Do they leave you comments? Do they talk to you? Do they call you? You know, it's just past decent directions, like past pointing true north. You're going to have to do the searching of the landscape with the spyglass and find the islands in the ocean 
of potential results. The, right. only, the only thing I would say to that, the only good news if you're a real estate professional, folks, is it's 2023, but almost all your competition, you know, almost all your competition, A, isn't listening to this podcast, B, they have no idea what to do, they have no roadmap, and C, um, most of your competition isn't doing anything. So, it, you know, just educating yourself and doing small steps and doing the things over the weeks that we've described, um, you're gonna, in the end you will get results because so much of your competition isn't doing anything. True facts. So, John, um, I'm out of time for this, yeah. for this particular yeah. podcast, but we have a couple more segments, so I'm going to suggest that we perhaps kick this into a two-episode two um, podcast. Okay. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, John has done a tremendous amount of work on this, on this podcast. So, John, uh, if somebody would want to reach out to talk to you directly, get a consultation on online branding, anything like that, how would they go about doing it? Yeah, go to the mel-right.com website. We've got um, a really fantastic package at a really great price that directly competes with Real Geeks and Sarah Interactive. Um, I, I'm proud of what we've built, and it's going the right way. It's taken a ton of work, too long, really. But uh, like I say, I just grind things out. Over to you, Robert. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, um if you'd like to go to learn all sorts of things, how to sell with humor, like uh, I have, I have at this point hundreds of posts on my own website, inboundrem.com. We focus on the professional who's been in the business a while, and and I don't want to say the word hired higher end, but certain people who have the vision for another five to ten years ahead of them, and they're looking for a way to take control of their marketing create higher profits for themselves, better ROI. They're not scared to work, you know, hard to do that. All those people, that is what Inbound REM is designed for. So go to inboundrem.com, look under our services or about pages, and I would be uh, happy to answer any questions on any of the same subjects that we're talking about today or a vast array of other topics that I can speak to with a a fair amount of authority. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. I've been Robert Newman. My co-host has been Jonathan Dinwood, and we'll see you the next time.